What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Big week here on Fantasy Football Today. First of all, we have all this breaking news. We have Dalvin Cook going to the Jets, Ezekiel Elliott going to the Patriots. We talked about both of those in bonus pods yesterday, but we'll revisit them again today as Brees Hall is set to come off the pup list today. But it's sleepers, breakouts, and busts week, and this is what we have for you planned. Today's sleepers, tomorrow busts, and tomorrow night, Wednesday night, we're going to record four separate breakout episodes, one for each position. We'll have uh, special guests from around the industry. Already got Chris Harris and Jake Seeley lined up, um, hoping for more than that as well. So it's going to be an awesome week. And remember, we remind you, sleepers win you weeks, breakouts win you leagues. TM, that is the difference. I'm Adam Azer. I got Dave Richard and Jamie Eisenberg here. We're going to play a little Name That Sleeper. It's really going to be for the audience. We're going to go through the news and notes, and we're going to give, man, I don't know, we got probably at least 30 sleepers to talk about, so just a lot of names today. What's up, Dave? How we doing? I'm doing great. Awesome weekend of preseason action. It was fun to watch it. The preseason is always the time when you can't wait for football to get here, and then before it's done, you can't wait for it to go away. So I'm sure we'll be <laughs> sick of it in about six days, and we'll be rolling and ready to go for the 2023 season. I'm going to the game on Friday night. I'm going to a preseason game. I'm excited. Who the, Who's the game? Uh, Panthers, Giants, somebody Giants. Does it matter? <laughs> I'm just but, curious if you might see. Yeah, me too. My guess is I'll be late and I'll miss all the starters. So it doesn't really matter. Just taking the kids to their first football game. Anyway, it's a good time to do that. It's a good time to get, get yourself out to a game for $8. When else can you do that? All right, name that sleeper. I don't think you guys should guess because there's sleepers on your list, but we'll see how the audience does here. I'll just run through the clues. He's a third-year wide receiver who has yet to reach 500 yards in a season. His alma mater lost in the college football playoff semifinal last season. He'll likely be catching passes from a quarterback that went to his arch-rival college. He'll need to look out for a tank on the field. Have you guys figured it out yet? Yes. Okay. Any guesses from the audience in YouTube? He was fourth on his team in receiving with 481 yards. But each of the top three receivers are on new teams, including the team's leading receiver who went to the Cowboys. And, of course, he is... Juju (laughs) Smith-Schuster. He's Nico Collins. Yes, you guys got it in the chat. Way to go. Nico Collins is a sleeper. I know you guys like him. All right, name that sleeper, audience. He's a running back. He was acquired mid-season in a mid-season trade by his current team. And that trade reunited him with a former teammate who's also a running back. And on Fantasy Pros, he's the third highest running back in ADP on his own team. He played eight games last season for his current team after the trade. He left one with an injury. 
In the seven healthy games, he scored 9.4 or more PPR fantasy points six times in those seven games. And the guy's going like the 150s. He is. Oh, we got it. Johnny B. Good in the chat. Got it a while ago. Jeff Wilson. Third highest ADP among the running backs on the Dolphins. It's all pretty close, though. All right, and this is a mutual sleeper. You guys both have him on your sleepers list. He's a tight end. He caught seven touchdowns in seven games from weeks seven through 15. But Dave, how many times did he have more than 50 yards in those seven games? You probably already know who I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, but I'm not sure if he had him even one time. One time. more than One 50 time. Yep. One time. He has the same initials. This tight end has the same initials as the guy who's going with the first pick in fantasy drafts. Not Kittle. Oh, we got it. We got another. Is it the same guy who got it? No. No, thank you. Got it. It's Jawan Johnson. New quarterback this season. Undrafted free agent entering his fourth year. Jawan Johnson is a sleeper tight end. So that's Nico Collins, Jeff Wilson, and Jawan Johnson. I want to name one more sleeper that you guys didn't give me in your list. He's like, I think, the the official Fantasy Football Today sleeper. He's one of my favorite sleepers. He's a, think, fourth-year wide receiver. On a team with a really good offense. Uh, Josh Reynolds? No. (laughs) Uh, He's really tall. He's really tall. Fourth-year receiver on a really good offense. The two states that I have lived in in my life, he has also lived in and played football in. I think he's about wide receiver 40 in ADP. Uh, he's Gabe Davis. Why wasn't Gabe Davis on your sleepers list? He's going to, you can't take somebody that's going drafted in the eighties as a sleeper. Really? Well, you can, you'll just look like a fool. Oh, hi Adam. All right. I mean, look, we have like Samaj P Ryan on here. I know he's going a little later. We have uh Brandon cooks 96th overall. Okay, fine. All right. Is this the part of the show where we define what a sleeper is? Sleepers win you weeks, breakouts win you leagues. Well, I right, find well, where, where's your cutoff for sleepers? I think it's got to be round nine or later, and it, it's just what it, it's just what the general public implies: a player who will outperform his average draft position. You get him late, and he's better than players that are taken ahead of him. <laughs> All right, Jamie, you're gonna owe me a big apology. Gabe okay. Davis, 109th overall on Fantasy Pros. Then he's qualified. Woohoo! All right, so we'll get into those guys the in a bit. That's why I did I did our wide receiver sleeper. So like on our site. I did it after pick 120 overall because I feel yeah. I feel like like there there were guys like Brandon Cooks going too soon, going going too late based on our, like Deontay Johnson's got a ADP of like 100 something on our site, which is just ridiculous. He's not going that late. No, Deontay Johnson does. Yeah. You said. <laughs> okay. Uh, that'll change as more drafts uh, are. But anybody anybody in the 80s should not be considered a sleeper. All right. So unfortunately today we can't dedicate the entire time to sleepers because I do have to get your take on Dalvin Cook. Uh, You guys were not on the bonus pod yesterday. Dave, you weren't on either of the bonus pods yesterday. So we'll recap a little bit of the Dalvin Cook and Ezekiel Elliott news. And we have more news in that regard because, like I said, Brees Hall is coming off of Pup. But give me two of your favorite sleepers before we'll take a little detour with the news. We'll get back into sleepers. But right now, I already named Nico Collins, Jeff Wilson, Jawan Johnson. And let's say, depending on the ADP, you see maybe Gabe Davis is a sleeper. But they're not necessarily your favorites. Dave, who are two of your favorite sleepers? Ty Chandler has stepped up as one of my favorite sleepers. I knew he had talent at North Carolina. I was just worried about whether or not he'd get a chance to actually show it in the NFL because he's a little bit of an older prospect. And the training camp reports were pretty good, but how he showed out in their first preseason game, I liked it. I I think that he's got some juice. He's a one-cut runner, fits into the run offense in Minnesota really well, caught four targets Uh, in the game against Seattle, so he can play on passing downs. And he had a couple of really good pass protection reps. So this is a running back that I'm drafting late, whether I get Alexander Madison or not. We've talked about how Madison, if he's going to win in fantasy, it's going to be on volume. It's not going to be on efficiency. It's not going to be on explosiveness. And the Vikings coaching staff might say, you know what, we need somebody that can be a little more explosive in the backfield. Maybe they pivot to Ty Chandler, just somebody that I'm happy to have on my bench to begin the year. Another receiver that I'm, uh, or a receiver rather, that I like as a sleeper is Romeo Dobbs. I just, I've been won over by him, by how he's performed both in mini camp and training camp. His touchdown catch in the preseason game against Cincinnati, that was all him. It wasn't a great throw from Jordan Love, but it was an outstanding catch from Romeo Dobbs. I think this Packers offense might be pretty good. 
And I don't think it's going to be as run heavy as I thought it would be. This is a real good receiver to put on your bench. But if you had to use him as a number three in PPR or half PPR, I think he'll come through. All right, so that's Ty Chandler, Minnesota running back, and Packers wide receiver Romeo Dobbs. Chandler is, uh, would you say, just a lower lower end version of Jalen Warren, Warren, who I think is on Jamie's sleepers list. I think he could be he can be better than Jalen Warren because I, I think that Chandler could potentially overtake Madison. I I I find it tough to buy into Warren ever being in an every down position. For Pittsburgh. Okay. Uh, Jamie, who are two of your favorite sleepers? Uh, Geno Smith, I just can't understand how he's not getting more love than he is. And, and you know, that speaks to obviously where, you know, I speak for myself, where I haven't ranked. He's not a top 12 guy, but he's still going to give you potentially top 12 production. You know, you, you take a guy that averaged over 20 fantasy points per game last year and give him, you know, one of the more exciting rookie wide receivers on a, on a team that may have some question marks running the ball if you have, you know, some injury prone concerns, injury concerns at the at the position already with what Ken Walker's dealing with with the groin and who knows what Zach Charbonnet is going to offer. You know, I think they'll be fine running the ball, but obviously Gino, you know, stood out last year and I think he's got a chance to be potentially better. So if you miss on the position, uh, you don't get the quarterback that you want or you want to pair Gino Smith with one of the questionable starters, the Tua's because of his injury concern, the Anthony Richardson's because of his you know, uncertainty, uh, perfect guy to, you know, sort of make that marriage with. So I, I, I love getting Gino late, even as just a second quarterback in case you do suffer an injury. And then I'll go with, uh, I'll take the low hanging fruit of Sky Moore. Uh, I like the fact that he was quote unquote outperformed by Richie James and Justin Ross in the preseason game. Um, he played every snap with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he's going to be, you know, on the field as much as any chiefs wide receiver, if not more than any of these guys. So, uh, let let the news of Kadarius Tony coming back drive his price down. Let the other guys, you know, putting up, you know, highlight real catches in, in training camp practices and getting touchdowns in the in the preseason games, you know, make people a little bit concerned. Sky Moore, I think, is going to be the best Chiefs wide receiver. You know, I've been saying that for a while. I think that'll be the case all season long. Okay, so let me just man, I certainly don't want to make too much of one draft. But when you look at an average draft position, most of the time you don't get a date range. So I think with the Chiefs wide receivers, it's tough to know when they're really being drafted. Last night I did a, a St. Jude draft, uh, 11 people who bid on a spot to and raise money for the draft-a-thon, which we appreciate last year to be in a draft this year. So Sky Moore went in the seventh round of a 12-team half PPR league that starts two receivers, two flexes, two running backs. Uh, let's see where Kadarius Tony went. He went in the middle of round nine. Uh, it's round seven's too early for Sky Moore, right? A hundred percent. Is round nine too early for Sky Moore? Is round nine too early for Kadarius nope. Tony? I would take more in round nine. Eight. Is too early for Tony. Round nine is fine for more. Sure. Okay. Let me just see the last like six days or so with NFC average draft position where Sky Moore is going. He's going ninety fourth. So that's right around yeah. eight, eight, nine. Yeah, it's late round eight, which is great. Oh, and Kadarius Tony's going ninety fifth. <laughs> They're back to back. So, uh, what? Yeah, I wouldn't do that. Okay. I would take more. So it's, for, it's legit more like for clearly ahead of Tony for you guys. Clearly, All right. he's yeah, he's, and, and again for me it was before the injury too. So you know, I I think there's just a lot to like about where he's you know going to be lining up and the role he's going to play, and you know hopefully he takes advantage of it. All right, let's, again, take a quick detour here from our sleepers to tell you about our, our draft-a-thon. Well, actually, we have something today. Right now it's 10 o'clock, about 10.07 a.m. Eastern. 1 p.m. Eastern, 1 to 2, we'll be on Reddit doing an AMA on the Fantasy Football subreddit. So if you can follow us on Twitter, I'm at Adam Azer, A-I-Z-E-R. Dave is at Dave Richard. Jamie is at Jamie Eisenberg. I got to spell his entire name, J-A-M-E-Y. E-I-S-E-N-B-E-R-G. And Heath is at Heath Cummings SR, at Heath Cummings Sr. Um, we'll tweet links to it. But yeah, we're on Reddit from one to two doing an Ask Me Anything or an AMA, as the kids say. It's reddit.com slash r slash fantasy football. And then from there, you'll see our thread, which I haven't posted yet. But anyway, please join us. One o'clock on the fantasy football subreddit. Oh, uh, one to two Eastern time. We'll be answering your questions today. Sorry, not a lot of notice there, but hopefully you can make it. And then, of course, there's our draft stuff. Go to tinyurl.com slash FFT donate. 
We have a live stream tonight where, you know, every Tuesday night we do a live stream on YouTube at 8 p.m. Eastern, youtube.com slash Today, And we're always giving away spots, uh, one spot, in those mock drafts. And then Jamie mock drafts. Well, Jamie will recap your mock draft, and you can bid on that. So the one for tonight is already sold, but the ones for future weeks is, are still available, and there's a lot more you can bid on as well. We have one, one Thursday. It won't be a live stream, but it'll be a right. draft Thursday. Right. Including a guest appearance on Fantasy Football Today. That's also available. So, uh, yeah, go to tinyurl.com slash donate. Now time for the news and notes. The sad news. So sorry to see it. Baltimore and Seattle running back, former Ravens and Seahawks running back, Alex Collins. We remember him very well in fantasy. He was a really talented player. And according to all the statements, just a very radiant guy with a great personality. And he, unfortunately, died in a motorcycle accident yesterday. So it was so sad to see. And our thoughts are, are with everyone who knew Alex Collins. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, one-year, $3 million deal that could be worth up to $6 million. How about this stat from ESPN? He averaged 3.9 yards per touch, the worst mark among 51 running backs that had at least 100 touches last year. So you could say Ezekiel Elliott was the least efficient running back in football. That measure would support that uh, that statement. And then the Jets signing Dalvin Cook to a one-year deal that could be worth up to eight point six million dollars. He, I don't, I didn't know this at the time, guys. I, I guess I probably should have. It just slipped my mind. He, I didn't realize he's not even ready yet. He's still recovering from shoulder surgery, so he's about a week away, if if not more. Um, and then Brees Hall is coming off the pup list today. It's funny how that timing worked, right? Yeah, how about that? But I don't know. Should we also, just curious, should we also be thinking about a possible suspension for Dalvin Cook for allegedly offering an ex-girlfriend a million dollars to say that he didn't abuse her, even though she had testified that he did? Uh, there's a lot going on here. Um, Dave, your thoughts? Why don't we start with Zeke, because Jamie gave his thoughts on Stevenson, just moving Stevenson down just a little bit. Where are you on Stevenson? I might move him back after thinking about it. Yeah? <laughs> like, all right. I'm not worried about Zeke at all. Uh, give me two minutes on Stevenson and, and three minutes on Cook, and this will be a five-minute segment. Let's start with Stevenson uh, and Zeke. Go ahead, Dave. I, Stevenson's still an RB2. He's just not at the very top of the RB2 range. I think he actually pivots to being um, splitting rushing work with Zeke and then dominating passing downs work. just makes sense. He had almost 100 targets last year. And they don't have anybody else. If Ty Montgomery isn't ready, and even if he is ready, it's Ty Montgomery, and he hasn't been able to stay healthy over the last two summers. I think Stevenson's in line for a lot of targets and a lot of catches. It's just, is, is he going to get 15 carries a game, or is that number going to look like 11? And is he going to lose out on short yardage goal line? He wasn't particularly good there last year. That's something Zeke could help out at. And apparently Bill Belichick has loved Ezekiel Elliott. James White was on the media somewhere talking about how every time they were getting ready to play Dallas, he would talk up Ezekiel Elliott and how good he was. So I wonder if that ends up playing into Zeke getting more than just a token opportunity to be a part-timer in that offense. I do think that Zeke could take as many as 10 touches away, and he could be that same running back that was touchdown dependent, of course, but he might get you 10 points in a week, whether it's PPR or non-PPR. And Ramadre will still be there to get you more than that. He averaged, what was it? It was 12 and a half PPR points per game in the games where Damian Harris had at least 10 touches last year. So if that's the floor for Ramadre, then the ceiling can still be 13 or 14. And if Zeke gets hurt, then of course Ramadre is taking off and he'll be, you know, a number one running back for all those games. Um, okay. So where were you drafting Stevenson before the news and where are you drafting him now? Early round three, now he's in round four. Okay. Heath ran a poll asking people where they're taking him, and round four has 46% of the vote. I did the same thing, um, sort of, and people, most of the people, we had almost 2,400 respondents, and 48.5% said move him down a few picks. Jamie, that's where you were. You were move him down a few picks, and you had him around 24th overall, Ramondre Stevenson, and what do you, th what do you think now? Still round three, uh, mid-round three. So did move him down a few spots. He was uh, 22 for me, and now he's uh, 31, 32. So right. uh, perfectly fine taking him. I think he's still better than that group of like Najee Harris, Aaron Jones, um, Damian Pierce, all those guys. I think there's just much more upside based on his role in the passing game. And if you're worried about 
Ezekiel Elliott coming in. I, listen, Bill Belichick should love playing, lo, should have loved facing Ezekiel Elliott, especially in recent years. He was terrible, you know. So um, I, I don't, I don't think that this is much of an indication on Ramondre. I think it's much more of an indication on Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris and Ty Montgomery not being healthy for about two weeks now. Uh, it's it to me it speaks more about the backups than it does about Ramondre losing a significant role. He's going to lose. He's definitely going to lose, but he's not going to lose enough. I think where you should panic. Okay, uh, so last night in the draft we did, he went ahead of Travis Etienne and Jameer Gibbs. Should he have? Should Ramondre Stevenson have gone ahead of Etienne and Gibbs? No. Half PPR? Uh, and half PPR? No, he should be behind those guys. Okay. But he, for me, he's just behind those guys. Okay. And then how about Brees Hall? Dave, your thoughts on, on the Jets' backfield. So let me see what the Twitter polls said. Heath said, uh, what round are you drafting Dalvin Cook today? When did he when did he make that poll? Was it within the last hour? Yeah. Okay. Fifty one minutes yep. ago. Okay. What what were the results? Okay. Round six. When are you drafting Dalvin Cook? Round six or earlier, twenty eight percent. Round seven, twenty seven percent. Round eight or later, thirty nine percent. Um. When are you drafting Brees Hall? Where's it? Oh, here's Brees Hall. Round four or earlier, 16%. Round five, 38%. Round six or later, 40%. I, You know, Heath, I got to tell you, you need more options than this, but when you use one of them as C results, uh, it's just not good enough. Uh, Heath's got to do better than that. Um, uh, where would you take <laughs> Brees Hall, and when would you take Dalvin Cook at this point? Uh, I'm extremely encouraged that Brees Hall came off the pup list, and if he's good to go for the start of the season – you can't forget about what he's capable of doing. And it just seems silly to say, well, watch out for Dalvin Cook. I mean, Dalvin Cook could still play. There's no question about it. But Brees Hall proved last year when he was healthy that he was a special talent. And I almost feel like if if you wait till round four to get him and you do get him, you're lucky. I'm going to take him in round three. I'm, I'm banking on the upside that he's going to be good in an offense with Aaron Rodgers throwing to him 20% of the time. That's where Rodgers has lived over the last three years, throwing to his running backs. And Brees Hall, I think, will be the favorite to be the short yardage goal line guy, certainly be in there in the four-minute drill, and be the lead back of the New York Jets. I think that's what they want him to do. He's going to have plenty of time to practice. I would take him as a top 40 pick, Dalvin Cook closer to round nine. Wow, that is aggressive. I was not expecting that. Top 40 pick. Jamie, how about you? Uh, round six for Brees Hall and round eight for Dalvin Cook. Uh, I still look at the track record of guys coming off this injury. Obviously, the Jets are concerned. Why else would they bring in Dalvin Cook? So I think you just look at it like I hope by the end of the season, Brees Hall is putting up numbers that he's capable of doing. But the Jets have made it pretty clear. They are in win-now mode. And by doing so, they're going out and getting pieces around Aaron Rodgers that are going to contribute right away. I hope Brees Hall is that guy. I am wishing Brees Hall is that guy. I hope anybody drafting him in the first four rounds gets that type of player. But there's too much of a track record of guys coming off this injury that they struggle. I'll give you three guys that are in the same age range as Brees Hall in the time frame when it happened. The guy that he's now a teammate with suffered a torn ACL four games into his rookie season. The next year, it was a three-point decline in his fantasy points per game. I think it was three points. Um, Saquon Barkley had, it, it's kind of hard to say the year after because he right. had the, the, the struggles, the, the second ankle. year, he had the ankle injury, but, oh, wait, I'm, but oh, I'm sorry. his, my bad, my bad, his, his first healthy year after the torn ACL, he was a seven point per game PPR decline. Brutal. JK Dobbins last year was only a one point game, a one point per game decline coming into his second season or it was his third season, but second year is when he tore his ACL and missed eight games because of a complication as a result of the surgery. So the history tells us that this is not an injury that these guys perform at the same level or better coming back in year one. It's year two when they have these breakout performances. And so obviously the Jets are concerned about Brees Hall being the type of running back to lead them to the promised land that they're trying to get to. Can he still be a significant contributor? Absolutely, which is why you take him ahead of Dalvin Cook. This should not be Dalvin Cook is better than Brees Hall by far. I hope that is not the case. But I don't think that Brees Hall is going to get the type of workload that we're hoping for based on what we saw last year. I don't think he's going to perform to the level that he was at last year. Again, I hope I'm wrong, but I think Dalvin Cook's going to be too much of a thorn in his side. And we'll see what else they do with the other running backs, too. 
that I think Brees Hall is going to be worked in slowly, and we're going to have a little bit of a frustrating season for him. So if Brees Hall averaged 17.5 PPR points per game, when he was getting regular playing time, I'd say that started in week two and went until he got hurt. And he's going to decline by, what's fair, Jamie, 20%? I mean, and his first I, year back from the ACL. Because yeah, I, I don't disagree it, it, with your it's, philosophy. It's it's also when comparing him to those other guys. Those other guys didn't have somebody like this in the same backfield. And Barkley didn't have that. Barkley was still getting all the work for the Giants. Dalvin Cook was still getting all the work for the Vikings that season. Dobbins is a different story, but I don't know how much you know from a statistical standpoint you can compare. That's why I bring up the injury more so than the than performance. Um, I just think that there's you know, and and that's just the the, the three most recent guys of his caliber. You know, we can go back you know, uh, longer in, in history. And the two that you can counter with are obviously Adrian Peterson and, and Jamal Charles, their first years off their ACLs. Cause Charles did I, twice. Right. I could so, not, I can't compare him with Adrian Peterson. There's uh, no but, way. but, but again, you know, he's got the, he's got that type of, not no, that maybe doesn't. that ceiling, but, but he's got, no, he he's, got upside. No. he's got upside to be, you know, a, a significant contributor. Uh, again, though, I just think that we're, we're chasing Brees Hall and we're chasing Javante Williams and the jets specifically have told us, Despite what happened today with with Hall coming off the the, the pup list, unless Dalvin Cook's shoulders a problem, he's going to be a factor, and it's going to be a factor. I think that's an, that's too hard to overlook. Like ten touches a game, more than that. I'll take ten. Certainly by midseason, maybe at the beginning of the year, it could be Dalvin in a fifty fifty split. But Brees Hall is going to help you win your fantasy league in okay. the second half of this year. Yesterday, I, I said, so. who are you taking first in fantasy drafts, Dalvin Cook or Brees Hall? And 3,500 votes, 53% Brees Hall, 47% Dalvin Cook. So yeah, That's that was crazy. Before, that was before Brees came back from the pup, right? Yeah, but like... But nobody expected yeah, him to be before. on the pup list to start the season. That's the thing, and that's what I don't really get about uh, uh, saying Ken Walker. Like, I'm ranking Ken Walker, for example, as if he's going to be... Playing week one, you know, I mean, first of all, we still have what I would I would take Ken Walker over Brees Hall right now. I I would too. Yeah. I would not. Not in PPR. I'm a Ken Walker guy. I've decided, but um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, guy on the pup. I uh, I'm getting off to a little bit of a tangent, but um, we got to understand that what's the first week of this? What's the first game of the season? September seventh, and the eleventh is the first the Monday. The tenth is the first the Sunday. Is- yeah. Right. So that's a lot of time. It's almost a full month for these guys to come back. Guys who are like off to the side practicing right now, like Ken Walker, Jonathan Taylor. I assume he's going to be healthy. I don't know what his situation is, but it should be he's healthy. healthy. By, right. <laughs> well, I, I mean, right. Exactly. All right. Anyway, uh, uh, I don't know what the hell I'm saying here. Let's move on. Um, back to Jonathan Taylor is back with the Colts, but he still wants to be traded. Meanwhile, uh, Anthony Richardson has been declared the starter. That actually just happened. That's breaking news. That was the sound of something breaking. Anthony Richardson is the starter. He's on the sleepers list. J.K. Dobbins is 100% healthy, and he is off the pup list. So let's go. J.K. Dobbins, Brees Hall, Ken Walker. How do you rank those three? That's not even in the same realm for me. Uh, me either. I've got Hall well ahead of those. I mean, Dobbins is one of my favorite draft targets. I hope he stays. I, I wish he was on the pop list for another few weeks. Why would Dobbins um, be well ahead of Ken Walker? Because lack of competition to the same level. And I think we're going to see uh, Todd Monken's offense is going to showcase J.K. Dobbins as a pass catcher. It's going to be a lot of fun. Okay. I hope so. That would be that would be a lot of fun. Uh, Dallas restructured Zach Martin's contract. And again, year two guard. off the ACL. Big. Kendry Miller has a sprained knee. He could be ready for week one, though. So he he avoided serious injuries. Saints rookie running back Kendry Miller. Mike Kosicki dislocated his shoulder. His status for week one is uncertain. Brock Purdy uh, getting more and more comfortable, and he can now practice three straight days without a day off. He could be actually play in the preseason. So great news for Purdy. And some minor injuries, it seems. Uh, Carolina wide receiver Terrace Marshall. Cortland Sutton. T. Higgins. Washington tight end Logan Thomas. Doesn't look like there's anything serious there. All right. I know it's been almost a half hour. We got to talk about sleepers. We'll do it after this break. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing, and creative, 
legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Here are the mutual sleepers. They showed up on the lists of both uh, Dave and Jamie. Juju Smith-Schuster, Nico Collins, Romeo Dobbs. Those three wide receivers. Juju, Nico, Romeo Dobbs, Jawan Johnson is the tight end. So there's four sleepers on both of their lists. Juju Smith-Schuster, Nico Collins, Romeo Dobbs, Jawan Johnson. Juju Smith-Schuster, should, be a t- should he be a top 100 pick? Yes. I missed who you were talking about. Juju. Close to it in PPR, not in, non, not in half. Would you rather have Michael Thomas or Cortland Sutton or Juju Smith-Schuster? Thomas, then Juju. Uh, in PPR, Thomas, Juju, Sutton. Juju's going 108th overall, just ahead of Cortland Sutton after Odell Beckham. Juju over Beckham? Yes. Oh, yeah. Think uh, 1,000 yards for Juju this year? Uh, in the range. I'm, I'm drafting him more for the targets and catches. I think he'll lead the Patriots in both of those categories. Mike Cobble is way to 1,006. Okay. Uh, Nico Collins and Romeo Dobbs, are they anything more than just late-round picks? Um, I mean, if you're just looking at it from where their average draft position is, yes, they're late-round picks. If you're looking at like how I draft these guys, where I want to get them on my fantasy team, then I'm going to take them probably two rounds ahead of their ADP, if not more. Okay, and their ADP is something like round 15. So that's Nico and Nico Collins and Romeo Dobbs. And who do you prefer? I prefer Collins. Nico Collins. Uh, Juwan Johnson. So would you take the rookie tight ends or Juwan Johnson? The rookie tight ends. But Juwan Johnson's, that, that's basically how I'm ranked right now. I still have Dolchitz ahead of Johnson, but that'll probably change if there's another poor example of Greg Dolchitz usage. So Johnson, I think... You know, it's something I said when Derek Carr was was brought there. Like, you know, this is hopefully the opportunity that he needs to get sort of unleashed. And then we had all these tight end signings of Foster Moreau and Jimmy Graham. And, you know, I think people panicked a little bit, but you saw the first preseason game, how he was used, and I think how he will continue to be used. So, um, again, as I said yesterday, uh, I forget what show we were doing, but you can Hmm. – I wasn't with you guys. I'm sorry. I was on HQ. It was um, uh, a perfect tight end strategy is if you – don't love that group of, I don't want to put Fryermuth in there, but he kind of starts that group. It's after basically the, the first seven tight ends. So it's Fryermuth, Njoku, Ingram, Schultz. You know, I think those will be the four guys that most likely get drafted there. But throw in Higby, throw in Gerald Everett, throw in Cole Komet. You know, all these guys that are going to be somewhere between tight end eight and tight end 15. Johnson, as you see, basically just outside that. Um, take one of the younger guys, whether it's Kincaid or Laporta. Uh, you know, again, if you're still a, a Dolchus guy or a McBride guy, you can go that route too. I don't know how you can trust those two though. Um, but I take the two rookies and pair them with somebody else. And I think Juwan Johnson, based on where he's going, is the perfect guy to pair him with. Uh, he's a great guy to get on your bench just as a blue chip. On top of how he was used in the preseason game, remember what he said during the offseason about how the Saints asked him to watch Julian Edelman film. That means they want him as a big slot. We've talked about that with other tight ends. It's what we think Dalton Kincaid will be. It's what we think Pat Fryermuth will be. And this offense looked really good. I know it was the preseason against the Chiefs and all that stuff, but Derek Carr looked good. Yeah. And I think Jawan Johnson looked good. And I could see him certainly getting past 50 yards per game more than half the time this year. And he scored seven times in his last seven games. That sounds awesome. Uh, this is no, a great guy was, to have on your team. Not his last seven games. It was a seven-game stretch. It was okay. I, I don't care what Azer stat you gave on him. Scoring a <laughs> lot, averaging a touchdown per game is pretty good. And so he didn't average a touchdown per game. It was just during that seven-game stretch. He scored seven touchdowns in sixteen games. They all just happened to come. Oh, I see. In a seven-game seven stretch. Games. Yeah. All right, that's seven really Azer-statting it. Then. No, I, I wasn't Azer-statting anything. I was just giving a clue. He had a seven-week stretch where he had seven touchdowns. So that's all. You Azer-statted it. 
If Bottom I line Saturday is that night. when you get to round 13, you pick up Jawan Johnson, and you could dump him in by week two or week three if you think he's not doing anything for you. Yeah, on the subject of the rookie tight ends, you guys have them you know, on your sleepers list. You have Sam Laporta and Dalton Kincaid. Um, oh, Dalton Kincaid, I'm sorry, is actually a mutual sleeper. Jamie has Sam Laporta. Dave has Luke Musgrave as a sleeper. The last eight years, we have had two rookie tight ends finish in the top 10 or 12. I think 12, definitely 10. And they were Evan Ingram, who was a top five tight end with such an underwhelming season. It was something like 760 yards and five touchdowns. And Kyle Pitts, who actually had a great season, over 1,000 yards, but only one touchdown. Um, so I want, look, I, I want to believe it. You know, these are talented tight ends. This was a great tight end class. They ended up in good situations. A lot of signs for Kincaid and Laporta specifically that are great. But at the same time, it's just, it's pretty much never mattered. Rookie tight ends are almost never good for fantasy. So why should I believe in them as legit sleepers this year? Because these guys are pass catchers and they're not necessarily going to be asked to do as much blocking, which is what the problem has typically been is that they can't hold up in terms of their blocking by comparison to a lot of veterans, which is why Mercedes Lewis has hung around the NFL for 55 years. So you get these kind of players that are going to be, as Dave alluded to, big slot players. Um, and that's, I think, where they're going to have an opportunity to win. Are they going to break the mold and become you know, top five fantasy tight ends? I don't think so, but I'm not drafting them to be that. I'm drafting them as we talk about greater late, you know, guys that are going with late round picks that you can get some hopefully big weeks out of and maybe if that happens to be a little bit more consistent, you know, the thing that you're looking for in these two guys in particular, you know, and, and I, I certainly see the upside for Musgrave as well. But for these two guys in particular, their roles are almost being defined for us. You know, we're, we, we've heard all this talk about Dalton Kincaid and the role he's going to play from the time that they drafted him. And they moved up two spots in the NFL draft to go get him. And so it was, OK, we want to go to more 12 personnel. We want to have a big slot receiver you know they were tired of the Isaiah McKenzie's they were tired of maybe what they saw from Khalil Shakir they want to have a big presence in the middle of the field that's not just going to be sort of a lumbering guy like like Dawson Knox that's not a knock on him it's just that Kincaid's I think just a better athlete and so Kincaid goes into this role and now you have arguably their four best pass catchers on the field you know Knox being the fourth guy so you get more just mismatches and and, and opportunities for Josh Allen to be successful and in the case of Laporta he's got a good profile He's on a team that's got one of the more creative play callers. We talked about this ad nauseum about Ben Johnson. You have a six-game head start without one of their premier wide receivers not being there and Jameson Williams. Whatever you think of him, he's going to be on the field a lot. And so, you know, I know you like Josh Reynolds, and I'm not, I'm not making a joke, but I know you like Josh Reynolds because he's got an opportunity. They make the trade for Denzel Mims. He's going to get an opportunity. Marvin Jones obviously there. He's been with the team, and you know what he's capable of doing as a veteran. But this kid could be a difference maker. And so, you know, again, you're just looking at it as what could be a difference maker for your fantasy team. And that's where these two guys come in, which is why I think if you go into it with the idea of these are guys that I'm going to target, I probably wouldn't try and carry, especially in a small bench, two quarterbacks and two tight ends. You know, I'll, I'll go back to the flex draft that I did. I drafted Joe Burrow. So at that point, I know I don't need to take a second quarterback. Forget about his calf injury, but, you know, you know what I'm saying. You know, a guy that's a top six, seven quarterback, I'm not going to necessarily need to target a second guy. When it got to the tight end portion of the draft for me, it was Dalton Schultz, I think, Najoku might have been there. I think maybe Ingram might have been there. I let those guys go, and I took Kincaid first. Now, Ingram and, and, and Najoku went, went ahead of Schultz, but then there was Schultz still sitting there, and it was like, okay, now this is my strategy. I'm going to take a young guy with upside and then a, a guy that I think has a decent floor. Uh-huh. I did the same thing, except I, <laughs> I last night I only drafted Kincaid. We have pretty small benches, so at some point I will get another that, tight that, end. And that's the point. If you have small benches... Taking two quarterbacks and two tight ends is probably not the best way to maximize your bench. Yeah, um, right, exactly. Uh, but yeah, all right. Well, hopefully things are different this year. And also, the, th- the being a top 12 tight end isn't that hard. Dalton Schultz, I mean, sorry, Dalton Kincaid, but actually looking at Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox has been a top 12 tight end basically each of the last two years, and he hasn't had 600 yards in either season. So, you know, it's really just score some touchdowns. Score six or more touchdowns, and you're in pretty good shape. Um, all right, let's go to sleeper quarterbacks here. Dave Anthony Richardson, he's QB 15 in Fantasy Pros ADP, is going after pick 100. Jordan Love is QB 25. 
Richardson, it's funny. He's QB 15. When you look at Jamie's QB sleepers, they are QBs 14, 16, and 17. So Richardson's right in that mix. And they're Geno Smith, Daniel Jones, and Jared Goff for Jamie. Uh, and you have Richardson. I, I don't know. I think it kind of shows you that we really like that group of quarterbacks. Um, Geno, Richardson, Daniel Jones, Jared Goff. But should we draft? You know, Heath brought this up, I think, on the quarterback preview. Should you just draft Richardson first? You know, yep. way before his ADP, and then get someone else. You know, at, in that range. It, it's what I've done. I've got him ranked as the 95th best player in non PPR. He's probably going to go a little bit lower than that in full PPR, but he's got the exact type of upside that we're looking for um, because he's a runner. He can do the things that Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields, what what they can do with their legs. He's not going to be as good with his arm. But there was the stats sucked in his preseason game. He made two very encouraging throws. There was one, it was a dart over a linebacker to his tight end in the middle of the field. It was great. And imagine if Alec Pierce had caught the 34 yard bomb that 46, Richardson, 46, whatever it was, dropped. He dropped it <laughs> right in the bucket for Alec Pierce, and Pierce couldn't hang on. Yeah. If he had caught that. Bye-bye, Anthony Richardson is a sleeper or a breakout. The whole world would gravitate toward him. I do think we're going would, to see the ADP one. rise. <laughs> what happened? He wouldn't be either one? He wouldn't be. Well, he'd probably be more of a breakout rise. than a sleeper. If, I if, mean, he's a breakout for me already, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I don't think he's. I think we define breakout a little bit differently. So I don't really care whether you call him a breakout or a sleeper. He's somebody to look for on draft day is the best way to put it. If he can get you 50 yards rushing every week, 225 yards passing every week, and one touchdown, that sets up a I'm nice sorry, floor. Say that again. 225. Get the hell out of here. Yeah, I what? will tell you right now, he is not getting 225 passing yards per game. Okay. Uh, it is not, and it won't even be close. That's uh, not even that high. That's not a huge and let number. Me, I, you know what? It's so funny because I just did research on this this morning on how many, on what rookie first round pick quarterbacks have averaged over the last okay. five seasons. There All right, been, hit me with this. There have Educate. been 18 quarterbacks drafted in the first round. This I actually did this for Nico Collins because I wanted to see what can we realistically expect from C.J. Stroud. There have been uh, 18 quarterbacks drafted in the first round in the first five seasons. Let's take out Jordan Love because he didn't throw a pass as a rookie. That gives us 17 quarterbacks. Fine. Ten of them, and I used 214 passing yards per game because that's pretty much exactly what the Houston Texans have thrown for each of the last two years. So I was thinking, can Stroud do better than that? 10 of 17 over the last five years have averaged more than 214 passing yards per game, but only six have averaged more than 224 passing yards per game. Hmm. So it's just funny that it, you said 225 and I got to okay. 224. So and they were... Baker Mayfield. Let's talk about Anthony Richardson. No, no, this is important. I mean, some of them uh, have the same type of pedigree. They were Baker, Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones. That's encouraging. Joe Burrow, Tua Tungabailoa, and Justin Herbert. Uh, but I cannot see. If he's going to run as much as you think he's going to run, he's not throwing 225 passing yards. Per it's game. just like I told to be, you. He doesn't need to be 225 to be a good fantasy quarterback. Like, I'll, I'll take 175. That's just knowing that, again, what, what the history of these guys that run tells us. I, I, I've said this a few times now. Since 2010, 16 times quarterback has run for at least 700 yards. The worst season that they had was Daniel Jones last year at 19.9 fantasy points per game. And there were two rookies that have done that. And that's Robert Griffin III and, and Cam Newton. Now, again, you're asking a lot out of him. We get that. But if any projection has him for over 700 yards rushing, if history holds, that's where he's going to be. He's going to be around 20 fantasy points per game. If he's a competent passer, then he's going to have the chance to be significantly better than that. So, you know, the thing you look for, the, the, the perfect comp is Justin Fields. It, you know, what, what Fields did last year. No, that, Knock I, off that's the upside Why is comp, that the though. comp? The why is comp. it not what Justin Fields did as a rookie? That's what I don't because, understand. Why do you? Why do we he's always? Going to, he's he's going to run for more yards. Okay, Field, when but, Fields played, he wasn't ready as a rookie. He was forced onto the field. I think that's been reported. <laughs> that's what my fear is for Richardson. No, I a think lot of people's I, fear is for the Richardson. fact that they're naming him the starter now and not the week of their week four game, like it was for Justin Fields, is encouraging to me. Okay. The fact that he, honestly, I don't know if the interception's even on him. I think the interception might be on Isaiah McKenzie not running the right route. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that Richardson's first showing was good. 
don't get me wrong, he's going to have some multi-interception games this year, but you watch him out there. He's humongous, first of all. Big, strong dude. Broke out of a low tackle on one of his runs. And he had accuracy downfield. And that was that was the biggest issue for me was that he couldn't hit the side of a barn, to use a recent cultural reference, when he threw the ball 15-plus yards downfield. But, he but did it Dave, twice. I don't think we should make any one way or another too much of the guy's first preseason start. No, but what I'm telling you is he didn't look like doo-doo. I agree. He, I thought He looked it, like someone right who could that. play quarterback in the National Football League in an offense that almost, at least in this first preseason game, looked like something he would run at Florida. All right, let's move on uh, just so we can cover uh, our bases here. Jordan Love is another quarterback sleeper for you. I think it's fair to at least throw Kenny Pickett's name into the sleeper mix. Uh, you know, good preseason debut. They threw a lot. Got good weapons. Why not, right? It's a first-round pick. Why not? Kenny Pickett or Jordan Love? Who would you rather have? Love. Jordan Love, but it's close. I also put Sam Howell in the same range. Okay. Would you take those guys over Derek Carr, who's been the most ho-hum yes. fantasy quarterback? I would yes. not. I have Carr ahead of both. Jamie, would you take, take the, would you take those take upside. upside guys over Carr in a 100%. two QB yeah. league? In a two QB league. Um I if I if I was going that route, I would probably take two of them. So I would almost look to go back to back at quarterback. So that's obviously taking, you know, one guy with a mid to late round pick, essentially, depending on how your draft unfolds. Um, I would let somebody else take card, depending on who my first quarterback is also. All right, what do you want to say about uh, Geno Smith, Daniel Jones, and Jared Goff, who are all being drafted similarly? I said en- enough about Geno already. I think Daniel Jones gets better than what he was last year because he finally has somebody to throw to in Darren Waller. Uh, his rushing will matter. So he's another great fallback option. And in four points for passing touchdown leagues, he's a borderline top 12 guy. And then for Jared Goff, I think you just look at how many times did they lose touchdown opportunities with the guys falling down at the goal line that led to Jamal Williams falling into the end zone 17 times. So I think Amara St. Brown has a monster season. I think Sam Laporta is going to matter. I think Jameson Williams coming back in the second half is going to be huge for Jared Goff. I love the setup for him with his pass catchers with Jameer Gibbs as well. So huge year coming for him as well. These are just great fallback options at the quarterback position. Running backs. All right. We got a lot of names. Jamie's running back list uh, is sleepers. Samaj P. Ryan, Antonio Gibson. We'll stop right there because they're drafted somewhat similar. Who would you rather have, P. Ryan or Gibson? I'd rather have Gibson and PPR, P. Ryan and nine and a half. That's I'll interesting. take P. Ryan and all. Yeah, but it's interesting, Jamie, because you think Gibson has more catches than P. Ryan? I feel like people expect oh, yes. a lot of catches from P. Ryan. Yeah. All right. Um, and Jamie, Dave, you'd said... P. Ryan, P. Ryan, no matter the format. People, it's not just us. I feel like everyone loves Samaje P. Ryan for obvious reasons this year. Um, so it's a good guy to have. We're, we don't know how Javante is going to do. Sean Payton uses multiple running backs. P. Ryan could be a passing downs guy to begin with. All right. Mm-hmm. Jeff, That's the key. Jeff Wilson, Rashawn Johnson, Tank Bigsby, and Jalen Warren are four other sleepers for Jamie. Jeff Wilson, Rashawn Johnson, Tank Bigsby, and Jalen Warren. Is Wilson in a different type of class because he might have a bigger role than those guys without any injuries or anything like that? It's hard to say because I, I think you need to see multiple backs in Miami. You know, so I, while Jeff Wilson might be the leader in terms of touches, you know, it could be 12 touches per game. You know, so they're going to use A-Chain. They're going to use Mostert. It's going to be frustrating for us but you know Miami they get these guys healthy now the question becomes is what happens if Moster gets hurt you know last year he only missed one game uh but Wilson's got as much upside as anybody that you'll find with a late round pick just given his you know chance to be lead rusher on a very good team as far as Roshan Johnson Tank Bigsby and Jalen Warren who are you taking first Roshan Tank Hmm, I think I might take Warren I, that, I really want to see the Steelers offense again and see what happens. I was very surprised at how involved Warren was. Um, they they like went him. out there wanting to throw the ball, and Warren— Which is bad for Najee if that's the case. No, right. So that is bad for Najee. They wanted to see what they could do on one drive with Pickett. So if, if that's what their offense looks like in the hurry-up or the two-minute drill or something like that, yeah, expect to see Warren. All right, so again, Jamie's sleeper running backs are P. Ryan, Gibson, Jeff Wilson, Rashawn Johnson, Tank Bigsby, and Jalen Warren. Dave's sleeper running backs are, two of them are a little higher end, I think, A.J. Dillon and Khalil Herbert. So should both Dillon and Herbert go ahead of P. Ryan and Gibson? 
Yes. Oh, yes. Much easier in non-PPR. And Herbert's more uh, of a breakout no. than a sleeper. But no, his ADP I, I, is low. Her, Herbert's in a different level. Um, Dylan is also at a different level than these guys. Uh, but I would take in PPR Gibson and P. Ryan over him. I mean, Herbert, uh, Dave's got Herbert on here because his ADP is sure. 100th. Um, right. So Dylan but I wonder is, what it is since the weekend. That's a great question. I'll go ahead and look that up uh, sure. on, on NFC. But Dylan is and interesting. And if, if it's higher than 100, then let's just put a pin in that guy until we talk breakouts. Because he, right. he could be either one, too. Khalil Herbert is uh, 94th. All right. On NFC. So anyway, uh, right. sorry. Let's talk, about, eight. let's talk about A.J. Dillon. Is he, you know, gosh, he really was not good last year. No, but he scored the touchdowns. Kind of. Like those short yardage yeah. touchdowns all went to him. Yeah. Almost none went to Aaron Jones. And he can still catch the ball. Um, And a, a, the original thought before training camp started was that this was going to be a Packers team that would run the ball a ton. Now I'm backing off of that because I think Jordan Love is is going to actually be halfway decent. And that still will create opportunities for Dylan, but he's sharing the ball. Less carries to go around, but short yardage opportunities with gigantic upside if Aaron Jones misses time. From weeks 2 through 11, A.J. Dillon went 10 games without scoring a touchdown and didn't score double-digit PPR fantasy points in any of those 10 games. So then he scored a touchdown in five of his last six games. So can we throw, at least in a full PPR league, the touchdown-dependent label on A.J. Dillon? 100%. I think you throw that on him in any league. I guess the good thing about him is similar to Tony Pollard last year, but not as good. Uh, if Aaron Jones gets hurt, you know. I know. That's sure. the whole thing. Yeah. It's good. It's good. I think it's and good to draft. And were we drafting that guy last year? Who, Pollard? No, Dylan. Where were we drafting? He was like a round four pick. Yeah, like, oh, oh, it was terrible. yeah, it was a big miss. <laughs> right. So now you're getting him after 80th overall. What was the ADP on Fantasy Pros? That had to have been 80, after 86th. Okay, so not after 100, but you get the point. Mid-round pick. Uh, oh, on Fantasy Pros is 94th. Sorry. Were you giving me NFC ADP in the notes? All right, 94th. Yeah, and I think in general, when you look at Samaj P. Ryan, Antonio Gibson, A.J. Dillon, um, it's not a bad idea to take a running back that has a role but could have a much bigger role if there's an injury. Does that apply to all three of them? Like, if Brian Robinson gets hurt, does does Antonio Gibson become a three-down back? I yes. think he'd be close to it. I think he'd still share, but he'd he'd be the leader and carries every game. Let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about wide receivers. We've got we have covered almost all of our tight ends. <laughs> Hopefully, linebackers can't cover our tight ends, but we'll talk about <laughs> wide receivers <laughs> after this. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, real quick, a 10-second detour. Dave, hmm. I talked about it yesterday. You weren't on the show. Do you watch The Bear? It's about a restaurant, a beef restaurant in Chicago. It's made for you. No. Okay, watch it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sounds like it was absolutely made for me. Yeah. It's called The Bear or it's called Watch This, You Fat Guy. <laughs> I almost did not say guy there, too. <laughs> I almost said a word that would have been very bad. <laughs> All right, let's go to the wide receivers on our sleepers list. Dave's wide receivers are Brandon Cooks, Michael Thomas, and Juju Smith-Schuster. So earlier I had you rank Juju and Michael Thomas and Cortland Sutton. 
Uh, Dave has more wide receivers than that, but we'll start with these three because they're all around pick 100. But how would you rank Brandon Cooks, Michael Thomas, and Juju Smith-Schuster? In PPR, it's Thomas, Juju, Cooks. And in non-PPR, I believe I have Cooks, Thomas, and then Juju way down. Juju is not a, a good sleeper in non-PPR. But they're they're all candidates to get a lot of work and and certainly score a decent amount of touchdowns and be good values for where you find them on draft day. Do we like Brandon Cooks? How do we feel about him? He had such a bad year last year. He's going to be 30 years yeah. old in September. Okay. But my, my, what a different situation he has. That's the point is he's going from catching passes from Davis Mills at less than 100% in a terrible offense to going to Dallas catching passes from Dak Prescott as the number two receiver in what will probably end up being a better passing offense than we gave them credit for. And we've seen Cooks play big in the past, certainly even as far as two years ago in the past. I think that Cooks can end up being a good number three receiver for the balance of the season. Um, yeah, Mike McCarthy's got a history, 13 seasons with Green Bay. They had two top 24 wide receivers six times. That's pretty good. So, I just worry about two things. One, Michael Gallup's having a great training camp, and how much of a factor is he going to be? And Jake Ferguson, I think we're not giving the tight end position enough credit for Dallas, knowing that that's been something that Dak has leaned on almost his entire career, from Jason Witten to Dalton Schultz. And I know it's not necessarily the same offense because Kellen Moore's gone. And we'll see how Ferguson does stepping into that role. But is there enough of an opportunity here for all these guys to continue to contribute? So Cook should be the second guy you draft for Dallas. But if they're not going to throw as much because they're not going to be as fast-paced, then how much does the just the overall pass volume come down while they're more efficient? Jake Ferguson actually is a tight end that's on Dave's sleepers list. So good job calling him out there. Jamie, Brandon Cooks or Michael Thomas? Uh, I would take Michael Thomas. Okay. Um, Jamie, oh, sorry, more of Dave's sleeper wide receivers. Dobbs and Collins, who are also on Jamie's list. We talked about them. DJ Chark and Isaiah Hodgins. Pretty late picks here. We're talking about 176 for Chark, 210 for Hodgins, depending on the site you look at. Let's just call them late-round picks. Um, Chark and Hodgins, Dave, go ahead. Dark horse candidates to lead their respective teams and targets this year. I know that sounds silly with Isaiah Hodgins when they just have Darren Waller, but I think... I think Waller being there helps Hodgins. It's going to give him a lot more one-on-one opportunities on the perimeter. And if if Waller goes down, Hodgins absolutely takes a step up. And we're talking about round 12. So don't mind getting these guys as bench receivers who could blossom into number three types. I really think Slayton is the Giants wide receiver to get, but I don't have a strong conviction on that. Um, I think there will be a lot of disagreement. It doesn't really it could be Shepard. I mean, could be Campbell, could be Paris Campbell, honestly. It and and so that's part of the problem with the Giants receivers is that there are so many average to above average guys that it could be like four weeks of one, two weeks of another, two weeks of another. It, there, there's a lot of targets in that offense that can be decent. And I don't know if there's necessarily one that's like worth going after in a draft with one of your first. 10 or 11 picks. But the one who at least has a different profile is Hodgins. He proved that he was a good red zone receiver last year. He's a big body on the outside. That's the one that I would lean toward, but it's with a disposable pick. Yeah. And as far as the chart goes, I don't know how you guys feel about this. Um, I understand. I understand chart being the first wide receiver taken on the Panthers. Um, But does, do you think he really has a chance to make a fantasy impact? Because I, I was thinking maybe maybe he will be the best one, but maybe Mingo is the only one that might really make a difference for your fantasy team. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I, I don't want to discount DJ Chark too much, but he's had one really encouraging season and hasn't done much other than that. So um, I don't know. What, Jamie, what do you think about that uh, philosophy in terms of drafting Panthers receivers? I mean, I, I would like to avoid it, but you know, I, I think if you are taking a chance on someone, Chark would still be my favorite one as well. So I agree with Dave. But um, there was, you know, this is before the Marshall injury. I was reading uh, some recap. I think I forget where it was about their their preseason game that Chark might be the one that comes off the field when they're giving Marshall or Chenault opportunities, which is not encouraging. You know, so Thielen is kind of locked in to be in their you know sort of slot receiver. You know, but the guy that they'll move around. Mingo, I think, is the one that they're going to give an opportunity to across the board. 
Uh, but Chark is the one that could be somewhat interchangeable. So we'll see. Uh, but I think just, you know, based on where he's at age-wise and, and hopefully production-wise, he'd be the one that I would take a chance on first. Okay, how about Jamie's wide receivers? We talked about Sky Moore and Juju Smith-Schuster and Nico Collins and Romeo Dobbs. So let's talk about two rookie wide receivers, Zay Flowers and Quinton Johnston. And who do you prefer? Oh, Flowers. Uh, I, I think he's, you know, he, he's a big riser for me um, over the the start of training camp, mostly because of Rashad Bateman, you know, how long he stayed on the pop list. Like I said, I, I, when I go back to what I said about Dobbins, I, I, I'm really excited to see what this Baltimore offense is going to look like. I think Todd Monken's influence is going to be uh, very beneficial for all these guys. And, and this is the one that they went out and targeted in the first round. Bateman still, you know, the fact that he's out the pop list is great, but, you know, history of foot problems. Odell Beckham's 40 years old. Um you know, there, there's just, I think, an opportunity here for him who's, you know, by all accounts, spent a lot of time working with Lamar Jackson and I hope can, you know, hit the ground running. So I, I think there are three rookies that have the chance to be the best going into the season without an injury in Jordan Addison, Jackson Smith, Najigba, and Flowers. And Flowers is typically going third of the group. Uh, but he, he might be the one that's the first guy to be number one on his team in terms of targets from his position. Obviously, Mark Andrews is going to lead the team targets, but first from his position. So uh, he's a great guy to get right around pick 100 based on his ADP. I think this is another guy we're kind of cheating a little bit because he's probably going to be somewhere in the 80s by the time we get to most real drafts. Um, in terms of Johnston, um, I, I think you, you know the path to success is probably going to take an injury uh, because I don't think he's going to have more targets than both the two guys in front of him, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. But he's going to be on the field, and if they're going to move Mike Williams into some slot opportunities, then that opens up for Johnston the chance to get some big plays from Justin Herbert. And I think we're going to see big knock on what this team looked like the last couple of years is the downfield throws. This is the guy I think is going to help them win in some downfield situations. So injury occurs. He could be a, a superstar for fantasy managers. Without an injury, he's going to be a frustrating fantasy option. But again, you're tying yourself to you know, a very good quarterback in Justin Herbert, and that's a good place to be, especially where you're getting him in drafting. Zay Flowers went 106th last night in our my draft with a bunch of FFT listeners. And Quentin Johnston, I took him 116th. So Great values for both. Round 9 for Flowers, round 10 for Quentin Johnston. Nico Collins actually went two picks ahead of Zay Flowers in that draft. Yeah, that's a mistake. Okay. Much I like Nico, I think Flowers is a much better situation. Um, Do you think... Uh, look, I, I mean, certainly, I think... Flowers just looks like he's a probably a much better player, but hopefully, based on where they drafted him and all the hype. But is he in a better situation? Because you know, I don't think Lamar Jackson is going to throw for a ton of yards. It's just not his thing. He runs. I don't so think C.J. Stroud is either. Right? Who's going to throw for more? Lamar Jackson or C.J. Stroud? Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson. Jackson. Well, Jackson could run for a thousand plus yards. You know, mm-hmm. it's not easy. That's not as that's, much that's of a lock as it might have is, been before. Though. Well, he was a twelve hundred yard rusher, really, per seventeen games. I'd say. So okay, I mean, maybe if it's seventeen games, he can get to a thousand. It's just like it's. I don't know what people are projecting for Lamar Jackson. Just, I think the Ravens want him to throw more. I I think they do. I think they've probably wanted him to throw more every year. This is not well, the first time he's fine. Said, but over the last less. two years, he hasn't run as much as. We would have liked his fantasy managers. Really? I feel like Five has. touchdowns on the ground. Well, the last I, I'm two not seasons. talking about touchdowns. I'm talking about yards. But all right, I think he, I think if play. he plays if he plays 17 games, he's running for 800 plus yards. Look, I am 100 sure. expecting him to throw for more yards than C.J. Stroud. But yes, um, Collins probably has less competition than Flowers. Why am I even arguing this? You should definitely take Zay Flowers ahead of of uh, Nico Collins. I guess it's a matter of how, what do people expect of the competition around Zay Flowers. And based on the way they're drafting Odell Beckham, about 100th overall, they probably think he's got a lot of competition. I'm guessing you guys don't really feel that Oh, he definitely has competition. Look, he's a rookie receiver that's going to take some time to develop in an offense that we've never seen before for Lamar Jackson. You know, So there, there are a lot of things that are question marks, understandably so. I think if it was guaranteed that they were going to look a certain way, you know, or you know, I'll just again, speak for myself, the expectation of what I think this is going to look like where they're going to be a better passing offense. Zay Flowers would be going leaps and bounds ahead of Jordan Addison and Jackson Smith and the Jigba. He'd be going close to, you know, top 30 wide receivers. But, and as would Beckham would be being drafted sooner and so would Bateman. But there's there's question marks 
Is he the best one? Is Beckham going to give you one last year of great production? Is Bateman going to bounce back and fulfill his potential of what we thought, you know, maybe going into last year when they got rid of Marquise Brown? So there's there's questions. Plus the fact that the best pass catcher is the tight end. So, yeah. you know, how can you say confidently that this is going to all work, that Flowers are going to be better than them? And and as you noted, Adam, the 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 thing that makes us love Lamar Jackson is – his running ability. So you know when things fail, that's what he's going to fall back to. Yeah. You know, until he until he gets completely comfortable in the system. But even if he's still completely comfortable in the system, he sees a running lane and he knows he's going to get a 20-yard gain, he's going to take it. Right. You know, so that's the that's what the complexity of this offense is, but it's also the beauty of it is that there's going to be so many different options for them to succeed. I think we're pretty much done here. We go to tight ends. Uh, we've talked about just about all of them. Kincaid, LaPorta, Jawan Johnson, um Jake Ferguson and Luke Musgrave are late round picks. They're not top two hundred picks. I I do I think we have to throw Trey McBride's name in there, or any year two tight end maybe. Um, but would you take Dulcich? I'm sure you'd take over Musgrave and Ferguson. Would you take McBride or Otten over Musgrave and Ferguson? No, I'm getting close to uh, Ferguson over uh, Dulcich as well. Dave, how do you feel about this group? Dulcich still ahead of them. Ferguson could be a good sleeper just because he's in that tight end role in Dallas. It's just going to be a little bit different this year because of what Cooks brings to the table, what Gallup brings to the table. CD is going to be CD. And we think Pollard is going to actually step up and catch a lot of passes. And if that's the case, I just don't know how much is going to be there for Fergie Ferg. Not feeling Trey McBride with Zach Ertz? No, when Zach Ertz coming off the pup list. It was enough to make me run the other way on McBride. I get that, but in the spirit of the Ezekiel Elliott signing, Zach Ertz is thirty, going to be 33 years old in November and coming off a torn ACL. I, I would prefer McBride over Ertz, but again, it's very similar to these guys getting competition. Ertz is going to be a problem for McBride to reach his ceiling. McBride, the team that, McBride that, that's maybe. either quarterbacked. Huh? Second half sleeper, maybe. I mean, you, you don't have to Great. draft Pick him. Pick him up off the waiver yeah, wire. Right. You don't have to time. draft him. I just want to. You don't have to draft him. He had tremendous receiving numbers in college. He's a talented player. What was he, a second round draft pick? 55th, he was the Mackey Award winner. 55th overall pick. Year two tight ends. They take huge leaps. They, that really comes out of nowhere. Look at what Mark Andrews and George Kittle and Rob Gronkowski did no. as rookies just yeah. in terms of yards. I'm not saying he's them, just saying that's what happens with year two tight ends. He absolutely would be on this list if Ertz was still on Pup. Right. And so. I think if Kyler Murray's healthy, it makes it a little bit easier to trust, too. I mean, if Clayton Toon is the starter, are you going to trust somebody having a breakout season? No, no. It, it, I think it'd have to be, you know, second half of the year. Ertz is barely playing. They're going with McBride. Kyler's back. You could see a scenario where he's making an impact. So just a name to know, I guess, for you out there. But if you're listening to our show for an hour and 10 minutes, you probably already know Trey McBride's name. Uh, Speaking of which, uh, thank you for watching here on YouTube. Go ahead and hit that like button. And we'll talk to you tonight. Well, we'll talk to you on the AMA, 1 p.m. Eastern, Reddit, uh, uh, Fantasy Football subreddit. And then we'll talk to you tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern, YouTube.com slash Fantasy Football today with a PPR mock draft. For Dave Richard, Jamie Eisenberg, Thomas Schaefer, I'm Adam Isner. Have a great day. 